Well, church family, I'm continuing the series until, until he appeared. And Pastor Scotty preached here in Oklahoma City. Pastor Herbert preached in Indianapolis last week talking about he is a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's mighty to save. He's mighty to heal. He's mighty to set you free. He is mighty to provide. And I want to encourage you, if you've not yet watched it, jump on YouTube and watch it. It will bless you in your faith and in your life. And the, the theme verse for this series is found in the book of Isaiah. It's in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9, it says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are some strong names for our Savior, and today we're going to zoom in and look a little bit closely as Jesus being our wonderful counselor. I've got a church for, or I've got a question for my church family here today. Um, have you ever received bad counsel? Uh, maybe, maybe you don't want to say it too loud, maybe, but have you ever received counsel that just kind of left you just like scratching your head? You're like, did you really just say what you just said? Like, did, did you really just say that? I, I was looking through the internet through, uh, for some advice, some counsel, and I came across some, some good counsel that I wanted to share with you here today. I've got some photos of it. Why don't you take a look at this first one? This first one is a cereal bowl, uh, and it says this, always use this product with adult supervision. I don't know what kind of cereal you put in your bowls at your house, but for my house, it's typically like some golden grams, some milk, some fruity pebbles. Why do you need adult supervision for a cereal bowl? Uh, check out this next one, this next one. Uh, caution, please be aware that the balcony is not on the ground level. That's good right there. That, that is good advice. Uh, check this one out. This is a previously released iPod shuffle. Check out the second rule. Do not eat iPod shuffle. I don't know who tried to eat it, but if they would have seen this before they tried, they would have known you cannot eat the iPod shuffle. Uh, check out this warning label at a laundromat. It says, do not put any person in this washer. Uh, I, now, I can, see, I can see some of the parents out there that's trying to, like, kill two birds with one stone. Like, maybe I can throw the kid in there. No, don't put anyone in the dishwasher. Uh, check out this next one. This is for parents right here, our aunts and uncles. Checking a baby's diaper. This would be the proper way if you do. I mean, you'll find out if you do it the other way, but it's probably going to leave you with a little bit more than you bargained for. Uh, check out this last one, this last one. Uh, as a hairdryer, do not use while sleeping. Come on, ain't nobody like to get their hair done while they sleep. It's good. <laughs> this is some good advice. <laughs> it's good stuff. It kind of leaves you as, did you really mean to say that? Did you really mean to give me that advice? Uh, I'm wondering here today if you share the same value in good counsel that you've received over the years. 
Now I can look back on my life and, and look back at, at people that have spoken into my life and say, man, thank you for that good counsel. I can remember the first time hearing this was from my grandfather. He said, Bo, you have two ears and one mouth. Listen more than you speak. I remember when my childhood pastor, Pastor Jeff Abel, sat me in his office. I was going through a hard time, and he said, Bo, forgiveness is not a one-time act. It's a daily decision. I can remember my youth pastor sitting my wife and I down, giving us marriage counseling, and he said, whatever you do, don't, over, don't ever go to bed mad at each other. I can rem remember my mom saying, Bo, you will never regret being kind to someone. My dad letting me know, hey, Bo, every time you quit, you will lose. I can remember the first time Pastor Herbert telling me this, and he lives it out, and he shares with me. He says, Bo, you, you can make a point or you can make a difference, but you can't do both. Choose to be a difference maker. I, I'm so thankful for the advice, the good advice I've received over the years. I am so grateful, and I know you share the same sentiment when people have shared good advice with you, and I believe here that we're all capable and all have given good advice at times to people in our lives. Maybe you talked a friend out of quitting their job just because they were having a hard day. Maybe you, you talked someone out of buying a car that was way out of their budget. Maybe you helped somebody create a workout schedule that was trying to implement some self-discipline and take care of their bodies. Maybe you helped somebody who was struggling with a school subject and Gave them some extra hours after school, tutoring, or maybe you helped somebody with some parenting advice or relationship advice. Or maybe you shared your story about how God brought you through some hurt, some pain, some habits, and you shared it in your small group. And it blessed those around you because you were obedient and shared. Whatever the case is here today, I, I believe that we're no stranger to good advice. We're, we're no stranger to what even bad advice sounds like. And in the scripture we read a couple moments ago in Isaiah, we read that there are four names of Jesus before, 700 years before his birth, these names were described, these names were delivered about Jesus. And the, the season that it was written, the season it was declared, there was a lot of turmoil in the country. There was a lot of fear amongst the people, there was anxiety and worry, and yet we hear the words, we hear the name, wonderful counselor. I don't want to dive super deep, but I do believe it's important for context. I do believe it's important for us to understand that in the original language, wonderful counselor was described like this. Wonderful means beyond understanding, too wonderful for words and counselor simply means to advise, to consult, to guide. The words that were penned, the words that were spoken simply meant that we were going to receive Jesus Christ. He was going to be God in flesh. He was going to be the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will care for you. He will listen to you. He will give you good advice. He will heal your deepest hurts. Why? Because he is a 
wonderful counselor. A wonderful counselor. But he's not just wonderful because he has great advice. He's wonderful because he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're struggling with. He knows exactly what obstacles you're facing in life, at home, at work, in your mind, in your body. He knows and yet we see greater glimpse of how the wonderful counselor responds in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 and 16 it says this in verse 15. For we do not have a high priest, high priest simply meaning Jesus. We don't have a savior who is unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are and yet he did not sin. He's experienced, the scripture saying, he's experienced your hurt. He's experienced your pain. He's experienced disappointment. He's lived life just like you and I have. And he's even experienced temptations and did it all without sin and understands what you're going through. We continue to read. It says this in verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace that will help us in our time of need. This is good news, church family. This is good news that God knows what you're going through. He empathizes with what you're going through. He understands your hurt. He understands your pain. He understands your struggle. And he doesn't look past and say, just get over it. He gives you wonderful counsel to help you walk through life's most difficult seasons. He's a wonderful counselor. This is good news because he is here with us. It's not like the words in Isaiah where they were just having hope for. One day we're going to receive this guy, Jesus, who's going to bring hope. He's going to bring counsel. But it's hope in. Jesus is here right now in the present. He is with us and he is for you. We have hope today that the wonderful counselor is going to guide us and lead us. For the remainder of our time today, I want to use a story in the New Testament in the book of Matthew chapter 20 to illustrate what I believe the wonderful counselor has for us. And, and we're going to see in this story four simple steps that are going to help us to walk out what God has for us. In this story, we see two men who are in not just need, but they're in significant need. They are in great need of God to do a miracle in their life. And I want to submit to you today that if we listen to these steps and we apply them to our lives, that the wonderful counselor is going to help you in your time of need. If you want the wonderful counselor, just say, that's me. Come on, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Number one here today, we got to cry out to the wonderful counselor. Cry out to the wonderful counselor. Matthew chapter 20, verse 29, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Let me back up for just a second. Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're walking and they're doing ministry. They're performing miracles. They're helping people. And as they begin to do it, crowds begin to hear. People begin to hear of the wonderful counselor coming in and changing things. People experiencing God like never before. And because of that, when Jesus was rolling into a city, people knew and crowds begin to form because they wanted to see this man 
called Jesus. We pick up in verse 30, it says this, two blind men were were sitting by the roadside when they heard that Jesus was going by. They shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Two blind men in need of a miracle. If we look closely here today, if we zoom in just a little bit more, we'll see that these two blind men aren't just any ordinary men. They aren't just any random people. Those two blind men represent you and I here today. They represent you and I here today in need of a touch from God, in need of a miracle. You may be sitting here today and be like, man, I don't know what it's like to be physically blind. I've never been blind, but we all understand and we all know what it's like to not be able to see. We may have our physical eyesight, but there are times in your life, if you look close enough, where you just could not see how it was going to happen. I cannot see how on earth I'm going to get out of all of this debt. I can't see how this relationship is going to get restored and renewed. I cannot see how I'm going to be able to shake this addiction. It seems like every time I take one step forward, I'm taking two steps back. I just can't see how God's going to use my story, my mess-ups, my hurts, my habits, my hang-ups to bring glory to him. I cannot see that for the life of me. I can't see how I'm going to build this business. I can't see, I I got a dream in my heart. I got something I want to do to provide for my community, but I cannot see how God is going to use me to build this business. I can't see how I'm going to make it to graduation. College is tough. I just can't see how I'm going to make it out of this season. We all have moments. We all have seasons where we just can't see. And here we have two blind men. Seated, sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted. They cried out to the wonderful counselor. They didn't allow what wasn't working to stop them from using what was working. If I had a couple moments here today, I would say that just because they couldn't hear or just because they couldn't see, it didn't stop them from using what they could do, could hear and could speak. I would propose to you here today that just because you don't have something, the enemy would try to get you to focus on what you don't have. And God's saying, no, I've given you what you need to accomplish what I've called you to accomplish in this season. Don't allow what you don't have to stop you from using what you do have. They had their ears and they had their mouth. And when they heard that Jesus was coming, they shouted even though they could not see him. What God has for you is for you and you are equipped with what you need to accomplish what God has for you. They shouted and they cried out to Jesus, no matter, no matter, no matter the situation, the wonderful counselor is there when we need. If we just cry out to him, these men cried out. It was not a polite cry. It wasn't a correct cry. It wasn't, um, excuse me. Jesus, uh, uh, hey, hey, you, you, got, you got 30 seconds? You got a minute? You, it, no, they shouted. It was ugly. They, hey, hey, help, 
hey, I'm over here. I can't really see you, but I can hear the noise. So I'm going to use what I have. Hey, Jesus. They shouted. They cried out to Jesus. The crowd was great. They were seated on the outside of the city. Like dust all over their faces. People were walking by. They were hearing the noise. And they made a decision that I don't care what others say or what I look like. I am going to cry out to Jesus. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, cry out. Come on, look at him and say, cry out. Come on, online, go ahead and type, cry out. We've got to cry out to Jesus. You've got to cry out for your healing you got to cry out to Jesus for the peace that you need. Some of you had not slept in a long time. You lay down on your bed at night and you, you toss and you turn. You need the peace of God to guard your mind. you got to cry out for peace. Cry out for Jesus' favor over your life. Cry out for Jesus' comfort over your life. Cry out for Jesus to restore relationships. Cry out to Jesus for salvation for your loved ones, for your friends, your family members, your coworkers. We've got to cry out cry out it says this in psalms 34 17 and 18 it says the righteous cry out and the lord hears them he delivers them from all their troubles the lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit the lord hears and he responds he hears and then he responds. It's interesting to me that these two blind men, even though they were physically blind, they could still see Jesus for who he was in the middle of a world that was rejecting Christ as their wonderful counselor. Cry out to Jesus. And understand this, when you cry out, there will be opposition. There will be situations. There will be circumstances, which leads me to point number two. You got to ignore the counsel of the crowd. Ignore the counsel of the crowd. We, read, we continue to read on in verse number 31. The crowd rebuked them after they had cried out. The crowd rebuked them and told them, be quiet. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. When you are serious about Jesus, when you get a vision for who he is and what he can do, even when the crowd comes and speaks against, you've got to shout all the more. Uh, you may be here today, you'd be like, man, I don't know if anybody's ever told me to be quiet. Maybe, maybe my husband or maybe my wife. Uh, um, but people are still telling us to be quiet. Even it may not come out be quiet. It comes out a little bit, a little bit different. It 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 comes out like, um, why are you going to church? Church can't help you. Oh, you're you're serving at the church two, three, four hours a week. You really think that's going to help your life? Oh, you're going to fast food. For 21 days and go to 6 a.m. prayer for 21 days starting the new year? That's just ridiculous. Oh, you started tithing and you gave above your tithe to the miracle offering? That's not just a waste of time. That's a waste of your money. It's the same thing. They're saying be quiet, but it just sounds a little bit different. You read your Bible every day? 
What? You, you go to a small, small group? Well, you, you sit around in a circle and just talk about Jesus? Oh, you can't come to my house because you're going to a small, small group? Oh, oh, are you, oh, you think you're better than me. It, it just sounds different. They're saying the same thing, but it sounds different. Oh, you're not partying anymore? You're my drinking buddy. We, we, go, we go out. Oh, you're not, you're not sleeping around anymore? Integrity, what? Oh, you're not lying or cussing anymore? No, no more dirty jokes? <clears throat> we'll see how long that lasts. Saying the same thing just sounds a little different. If we're not careful, we'll listen to the counsel of the crowd, the wrong counsel. I remember about 15 years ago, I was working as a contractor, making good money. I wanted to get married and start a family and running from the call of God on my life. At an early age, as a kid, I was called into ministry. I ran from it. I remember working and frustrated one day, and I can point you, at, I can point you to the spot where I heard God speak to me. I was praying and said, God, something's got to give. I, I, I know there's purpose in my life. What, what do you want me to do? I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I felt like I heard God just as audible as I'm speaking to you right now. He, and he said this, he said, Bo, I already told you. You're just running from it. That moment, I, I, I made a decision. I'm not going back. I'm going back to ministry. I'm pursuing the call of God on my life. And someone who I respect, even still to this day, who's given me great counsel over the years. I remember when I shared it with him, and he said this, Bo, you're making a big mistake. You got, you got to be careful. You, you got to be careful which counsel you listen to. Our, this last year, my wife got me a present for my birthday, and uh, it's some noise-canceling headphones. Oh, my gosh, these things are brilliant. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, and just like many of you, no stranger to the working from home during the pandemic. So we're working from home, we're schooling from home, and, and, and I'm trying to work. I'm sitting there at the table in the dining room, and I'm working, and, and, and my kids, they'll, they'll come up, and they know when I'm working, it's like they're not going to come touch me, but, but they'll just kind of try to get your attention. And, and it, it verbally saying, Dad, hey, Dad, and, and I didn't have the noise-canceling feature on at the time, and comes up, and, Dad. Yeah, what, bud? Um, he touched me. Uh, oh, okay. Hey, quit, quit touching him over there. All right. That, that's working, okay? And try to focus, get back in the zone, and a couple minutes later, hey, yeah. He won't stop looking at me. Oh, okay. Hey, quit looking at him. Get back, focus. Dad, 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 hey. Yeah, uh, can I have a snack? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, I got to try this noise-canceling thing. I put the noise. And can I tell you, you can't hear a thing. <laughs> you, the music is on. I'm working. I'm, and, and, and I just, I'm focused on the computer. I'm working. I can't, I, I covered up my peripherals. They're waving all they want. Dad, all they, I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> can I tell you here today, church, 
that it would do us some service if we put on our spiritual noise-canceling headphones. And when we go out into the crowd, we go out into the workplace, we just tune out the bad advice and say, oh, no, I've got a purpose. I've got a destiny. The wonderful counselor, he and I, we talked this morning. I know what I'm called to do. I know my purpose. I know my destiny. I'm going to ignore the counsel of the crowd. I love what Paul says about the wonderful counselor in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. He says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If Jesus started it, he's going to finish it. If he started it, he's going to finish it. He doesn't start it and just say, you figure it out. He's going to finish it and we stand in confidence of that. Got to ignore the criticism. Press in even more. Cry out even louder. Cry out to the wonderful counselor. Ignore the crowd. Ignore the counsel of the crowd. And number three here today, communicate your need to the wonderful counselor. Communicate to the wonderful counselor. Matthew chapter 20, verses 32 and 33, it says, Jesus stopped and called them and asked them the question, what do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Guys got right to the point. Jesus knew they were blind, but he still asked the question because there's a value in communication. It would not have been something absurd to believe that people with a physical ailment would have just been asking for money. Just been asking for something to eat. Just just been asking for something that would have temporarily fixed them or held them over to the next day. But they communicated to Jesus, we want to see. We want to open our eyes. We want you to heal our brokenness. This is important to us. We want to see. We want to experience life in all of its fullness. I want to see the sunrise and the sunset. I want to do more than just smell the flowers. I want to see the flowers. Jesus, we want our sight. Some of us here today, we just need to communicate to the wonderful counselor. This is what Matthew says in chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Simply communicate to the wonderful counselor. Imagine with me here today that you're, you're, something happened, you, you broke your leg, broke your leg, the, it's a pretty bad break, the, the bone has actually punctured the skin, a bit graphic, but go with me here just for illustration's sake. You broke your leg and the bone is sticking out and you're in pain and someone brings you, they rush you to the emergency room and you finally meet face to face with the doctor and the doctor says, how can I help you? And you say, well, Doc, uh, last week I was out in the backyard and I got this splinter right here in my finger. I was wondering if you could help me with that. It sounds silly, right? But sometimes isn't that our approach when we go to prayer? When, when we go to communicate to our wonderful counselor, God, would you, would you touch me? God, would you, would you, would you bless me? God, would you, you use me? No, God wants us to be specific. 
Be specific when you communicate to the wonderful counselor. May I propose to you this, that God won't heal what we are unwilling to reveal. So until we reveal it, God's saying, I'm here, I'm available, I'm ready. But if you want to keep talking about the splinter, then we're going to treat the splinter. But until you verbalize that you are hurting, until you verbalize that, I, God, I need you. I, I can't go on without you. He will not step because he's a good God. He won't, he won't force himself. But when we press in. When we pray, pray specifically. If you're struggling in your mind, God, touch my mind. Give me the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. God, guard my heart. Guard my mind. Give me peace. God, I only want to please you. I don't want to be a pleaser of people. I want to please you. If you're you're struggling in your finances, pray specifically. God, would you bless my finances? God, I thank you that your word says that you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor its seed begging bread. I pray that you would bless me. God, bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. God, it's my heart's desire to not just provide but to be a blessing. God, would you bless me? Would you help me to be a good steward with my finances? Would you help me to be a good steward with the things you've given to me? Pray specifically. You got friends, family members that that don't know Jesus, call them out by name. God, would you use me? Use me to bring hope. Use me to to shed a light into a dark place so that people see you. They don't see me. They see the you in me. Pray specifically. You You got physical things you believe in God for? Pray specifically. God, would you touch my heart? God, would you touch my ear? God, would you touch my nose? God, would you touch my leg? Would you, would you touch my, le- my knees? God, would you touch my hip? God, would you touch my stomach? Whatever it is, would you pray specifically? Jesus said, hey, uh, how can I help you? Jesus, we want to see. We, we want to see. There's a value in communication. 1 Peter 5, 7, 7 says this, to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I don't know if you know this, but the original language there is the Greek. Uh, And the Greek word for all means all. It means everything. The big stuff and the little stuff. Why? Because he cares for you. Jesus cares for you. Somebody's going to get some freedom right now. I want everybody to say, Jesus cares for me. Come on, one more time. Jesus cares for me. He cares for you. He wants to hear it. He wants to hear it. He wants you to cast all your anxiety, all your cares on him because he cares. Number one, we cry out to Jesus. Number two, we ignore the counsel of the crowd. Number three, we communicate our needs. And number four, we follow the wonderful counselor. Verse 34 says, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately, they received their sight and followed him. Healed and followed immediately. Healed and responded by following Jesus. Over 20 years ago, I gave my heart to Jesus. I'd grown up in church, but I can remember the moment where I really said, God, I want I want." I want you to have everything. I, I surrender everything. I asked Jesus to come into my heart. He forgave me my sins. He, he healed my heart of bitterness and resentment. 
he, he healed my lustful heart. He healed the darkest areas of my life and I followed him and I'm still following him today. The sad thing, sad reality is, is that there are oftentimes there's too many, too many people who experience Jesus get a little taste of how great, how wonderful, how glorious he is. Experience the goodness in their life. Things start turning around. It's, things start looking good. Like, oh, it's getting better. And then they go back to where they were. Wrong mindset. Wrong counsel. Not following the wonderful counselor, but following the way. Then, then we'll come back and Jesus is saying, no, follow me. That's not a comma, it's a period. Follow me. Done. Keep following me. Don't stop following the wonderful counselor. Let him touch your life today. Let him touch your situation today. Let him heal your broken heart. He's a wonderful counselor who wants to, he wants to guide you, wants to give you direction.